if you are drinking along with this one, or if you're on your way to work, whatever, strap in. Seatbelts on. It's a doozy. I still can't believe it happened. While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. If you haven't already, you can be on the podcast by emailing us. It's classroombrew at gmail.com. You can also reach out on social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at classroombrew. No spaces, no numbers, nothing fancy like that. And uh, yeah, if you want to get some more out of the podcast or support the show in your own way, you can go to patreon.com slash classroombrew. I should preface this entire week by <laughs> this is an uplifting story but also the most frustrating story that I think I've ever had to tell. It, maybe not the most ever, that's a bit much, a bit traumatic, but this is, this is for sure up there. Uh, as many of you know, uh, I'm, I'm not only a teacher, I am also a coach. And one of the, the sports that I am, I'm currently doing is football. <laughs> I've been doing it for about five, six years now. And I have never seen anything like this in my life. So if you are drinking along with this one, Right now I got this Magner cider, it's apple cider. Uh, or if you're on your way to work, whatever, strap in. Seatbelts on, it's a doozy. I still can't believe it happened. But let me, let me start by saying that it has, it has a happy ending. And, and for us, it has a double happy ending because we did win our most recent game, 22 to zero. But that's really not what's important. It's nice for the stats and the differential for standings and things like that, but what really matters is the fact that this game almost didn't happen. And it's not because we didn't show up. We were at the field. So basically, our game was on a Saturday at 9.45 in the morning. So we were at the school by 7.30 in the morning, which is way too early for a Saturday. And uh, at least the stadium is not too far away. It's like maybe, I don't know, a 5 to 10 minute drive from school to stadium. That's not the issue. The issue is that the other school that we were playing, their athletic director did not get them a bus. And I know that pain all too well, unfortunately. So quite literally, the other school, their coaches were relying on kids coming with like carpooled rides, public transportation. I think they drove a couple of them themselves, just being like, hey, hey kids, good luck. Meet you at the stadium. I hope you're there on time, which is very fucked up but not uncommon, especially when you're talking about like South and West Side schools in the city of Chicago. The funding just isn't there. The effort just isn't, isn't there. So essentially they are there, but there aren't enough players. I think legally you have to have 16, so that way you have five subs in case someone gets injured, whatever it might be. And uh, 9.45, game time rolls around. Our guys are mostly warmed up, but the other team hasn't even started their warmups and they don't have 16. So the referees decide to say, well, okay, we'll give them a 15-minute buffer uh, to, to get their 16 players, and then we'll start the game. 
Fast forward 15 minutes and they don't have all of their, uh, they don't have their 16 kids. So the referees decide, instead of like coming to talk to the coaches on either side, to come up with like a creative solution for what we can do so these kids can play the fucking game that they're out here in like 30 degree weather to play. Uh, instead, they just say, all right, line up on the 50, game's over, the other school's going to take the forfeit loss. And it's like, can't we just wait? And literally the other coach suggested, and we suggested in separate conversations with this referee, like doing shorter quarters, doing a running clock so time goes by faster for the first quarter. Then we suggested running clock for the second, uh, the first half rather. Uh, we suggested doing it for the first three quarters. And then eventually we suggested the entire game so that they would not only get out of there on time, they would get out of there early. And these officials were going to be at that stadium all day anyway. When I say all day, I think that means two or three games. And uh, he wasn't having it. Until finally, the, the other team, their last like five or six guys that they needed to get to 16 players, literally two or three minutes after the officials made the executive decision to cancel the game, literally pulled up then. So I literally go running over to be like, hey, I know that you guys canceled. He goes, let me stop you right there. I'm like, all right, look, motherfucker. What if I was going to tell you here's a million bucks? You just fucked up. Uh, but in, in, instead, he cuts me off. He says, I already got off the phone with the, the head of this. And, you know, I let him know that they weren't there. And, you know, the rules are rules. And I'm like, I understand that. But for some of these kids, this is the last game that they might play. For us, it was second to last, but he didn't have to know that. It's all about framing the argument, as you see. And uh, his big thing was, well, I already talked to him. They didn't have their players. And I go, yes, but the situation just changed. They're here right now. We can still get, it's, it's only been an extra 15 minutes. You can make that up by shortening a quarter or doing running clock or whatever. You can make it happen. And he didn't want to hear it to the point where I was in the middle of saying a sentence with the word flexible in it. And he literally turns away from me as I'm speaking to him to be like, so where are we going to go get food? You guys feel a McDonald's? Like, look, motherfucker. So disrespectful, not just to me, because I'm speaking to you, and you have the fucking audacity to turn your fucking back on me. I already fucking hate referees, but man, I've never wanted to fight one, and the game hadn't even started. And they walk out. They get in their cars, they drive off. The other coaches for our team and, and for the other team run over, and like, we have our guys. What the fuck are you doing? But they had clearly already made their decision. And once their decisions are made, and they're stupid most of the time, especially in the games, they are final decisions. So, cue a solid 30 to 45 minutes. Maybe it was even an hour and 15 minutes. I don't know. It was some sort of increment of, you know, 15 to 30, you know, more than 45, I'll say that actually, of us trying to call around to get a hold of like the head referee, the assigners of the referees in Chicago Public Schools or Chicago Public League rather. Uh, and then eventually, and we're getting straight voicemails or it rings once and it goes to voicemail. Until eventually we have to call the head of CPL football to get him on the phone, explain what happened. He asked us all the good questions. Did you suggest this? Did you suggest this? Things like a running clock for the first quarter, first half, whatever. All the things that I just said. And we said yes. And they drove off anyway. And so his, his response was, well, we can make this game happen. Just let's be flexible with the officials. We're like, they fucking drove off. So all I know is then... The head of, this is a long story, I know, but it, this, is, this is exactly how it went. Uh, then, 
we get a call back from the head of all CPL football saying, yeah, so I finally got a hold of them. They weren't answering my call. They weren't answering their boss's call. I would have been like, look, motherfucker, officiate this fucking game or go home and don't get paid. Or if I was really feeling it, I would have said, all right, you're going to still officiate these two fucking games that you still have on the schedule, but you aren't getting paid for any of them. It's for the fucking kids. And I realized I said fucking kids because I was going with, you know, the emphasis with cursing, but it's for the kids. And they completely lost sight of that. They didn't want to fucking be there. And that was so obvious to the point when they even told their boss, all right, we'll be there in 10 minutes. And they didn't show up for fucking 25 minutes after they said, we'll be there in 10. So if you ask me, that 15 minutes really came back around. Fuck all these referees. To the point where I literally, when, at some point, one of them asked me a question on the sideline during the game. The game that wound up being only 20 total real-time minutes. We got two timeouts total. We got two quarters total. And they were each 10 minutes and they were running clock. Because they were like, well, we're running late on time now. And it's like, yeah, motherfucker, because you were sitting at McDonald's having your McRib. By the way, the McRib might be back. Fuck off. And uh, so we're in the game and he asked me a question. I don't even know what it was. I was like, I have nothing to say to you, man. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what. If I want to use one of my fucking timeouts, then I'll talk to you. But until then, fuck right off. Go run around, you fucking zebra. I hate referees. The audacity. And here's, here's why I'm so fired up about it. One, don't shortchange kids on the South Side, okay? They already have enough of that. But the main thing is that during all of that fiasco that I was just going on about, we have kids from our team and our opponent's team. And I use the term opponent very loosely because it didn't feel like opponents. It felt like one team because we're running around trying to do all of this and we're frustrated and we're getting disrespected. We're getting voicemails. We're getting delete or uh, hung up on uh, declined calls. And we turn all the coaches on both sides and we see kids from both teams, not just mingling with each other, but running around, practicing football, doing it, and not doing it for the sake of competition, and not doing it as one team versus the other, but they're intermixed groups. And I've never seen anything like that. And I've been coaching at this school for five, six years now. And even former coaches that were at the game and showing their support had said, this is incredible. We, we never have seen anything like this. And these are people with up to 20 years of experience just coaching or more. And it almost didn't happen. So I, I'm fired up for this because, one, it was obviously disrespectful. But this beautiful moment, even when there wasn't any certainty, like we updated the kids every so often saying, here's what we're trying, we're kind of getting stonewalled. And they were thanking us for trying on both sides. Kids I don't even know. And my own kids. And even when the game was over and we had just beaten this team and the camaraderie was great, we were being good sports the entire time, and the other team lost 22-0 to zero to us. And I know what that's like to be on the other side of a, a blowout win. And a short game, I've never done that. But, but at the end, when you do the handshake line, I wasn't just getting like good game coach from the other team and the other coaches. I was getting handshakes and hugs and 
thank you, coach, for fighting for, and it wasn't just me, of course, but thank you for fighting to make sure this game could happen. Their breakdown, the other team's breakdown after the, the handshake line, it wasn't like team on three or beat the next opponent, whatever. Their breakdown was thank you, and then they named our school. To the point when our players looked at us with like a little like smirk, and we were like, go ahead. And our players ran to the 50, and it became another moment of, of truly just, it didn't matter what the score was, didn't matter what number or what, what school name was on their chest. They were all just being kids, just enjoying the fact that they got to compete. They were freezing out there, but they had fun. And it didn't matter what the result was. And that almost didn't happen. And I am relieved that it did. Because that's, that's easily, especially for this being my last season, of coaching football at the school that I'm at. A, a very, very nice period on the end of a sentence. So, point being, I, I just, I, I know we, we complain on this podcast and we, we talk about a number of things that I, what I'm trying to say is I, I don't want sight to be lost on what's important and we weren't fighting to get this game for us. We weren't fighting to get this game because it was money related or anything like that. It's not, but we were doing it because we have kids that for them, this is it. We were doing it for kids that for them, they had a tough week and this is all they've been looking forward to. Or kids that need something, even if they aren't going to play, even if their life is okay, but they might feel a little bit detached or whatever might be going on in their lives. And they show up 7.30 in the morning on a Saturday because of that sense of community. And that sense of community truly expanded to the point where it, was, it wasn't it was two teams playing against each other. It was two teams trying to have fun alongside each other. And it's adults that, whether they've been burned out or what, maybe they have other stuff going on in their life. I'm not trying to judge, but I am going to express my severe disgust and frustration with the fact that some adults wanted to go eat at McDonald's before their second and third game of the day instead of just putting in a little bit of effort to make something happen for kids that, to them, it meant the world. And that was a very proud and, and, and sobering moment as, as a teacher and as a coach. And I know it's not exactly uh, comedy podcast related, but it's my favorite story from this school year so far. Possibly my favorite story from, I don't know, the past year and a half to two years. Maybe the, the, the scholarship, the Jordan scholarship for Kyra, uh, a former student of mine when she graduated a, a couple of years ago. Maybe it's tied with that or, or close. Maybe that one does take the cake. But point being, I, I wanted to open with it because one, it's on my mind. It's pretty fresh still. But also, it's, I didn't want to forget that. And I don't think that I will, but just in case, <laughs> here it is for you guys. Uh, well, how do you transition from that? I have so much respect for, uh, for kindergarten and pre-K teachers, by the way, because not that long ago, I don't know if I said it on this podcast yet, but 
I, I receive a, an image, a, a photo text from my mother. And it's a picture of a toilet with a turd in it. I go, what the fuck is this? And so that's what I text her. I go, what the fuck is this, mom? And she goes, guess who it is. Or sorry, she goes, guess whose it is. And I go, oh, dude. How do you go from that up, uplifting story, Ryan, to this story of shit? Uh, and truly, when I think about that, like, just, I have so much respect for any teacher that quite literally is dealing with the shit of, of little kids. Because that photo of, I, I think it was my niece's poop that I didn't want to see. And this was like a weeknight. Wasn't called for at all. It was, it was a lot. So that, the fact that that's not my day-to-day, the fact that I'm not paid to have to worry about that, I'm very thankful. And so shouts out to all the kindergarten and, and pre-kindergarten or preschool uh, teachers out there uh, and all the shit that you deal with, literally and figuratively. As an introvert, and my students are usually surprised when they find out that I'm pretty introverted uh, because you have to be big as a teacher. And so I'm getting gas the other day and I've been doing this, this app called Fetch where you take photos of your receipts and then you get like rewards and, and gift cards and stuff like that once you accumulate a certain number of points. Shouts out to Fetch. The, the gas station, when I go to print the receipt and I'm doing this self-service because I'm introverted, I don't want to talk to people or deal with people. And I was like, oh, great, I can pay outside. Because if it says like pay at cashier, I'm like, nope, not going to do it. But this was just printing the receipt. And <laughs> the screen, it duped me. It said, see cashier for your receipt. And I go, nope, fuck right off. Because I just spent an entire day dealing with kids. The last thing I want to do is have an interaction with some adult at a gas station. It's the last thing I want to do. I want to speak to no one right now. Zero people is how many people I want to talk to. Nobody. And that's how I got duped. It was, it was quite a weird experience, if you could call it. I didn't know that they would do that. They have the, the receipt printing machine right there. It was one of those days too, and most teachers know this, when you drive home without any music or any podcasts on, and you drive the speed limit. You know, you're just in a reflective mood. You got nothing going on. It's just dead silent. You've got nothing that you can process and you're just going through the day. Going through what the fuck just happened. And most of the time, it's not a complete mystery. It's usually the, uh, the actions of a handful of adults and or kids. I say and or, and most of the time it is adults, but you get the point. So, huh. Um, the district also sent us, cause we asked about universal folders for drills and I, I, I gave props to some admin thinking they were responding to my request, but it was really the district was giving these emergency bags that by the way, most teachers gave away to their students. So now kids are walking around with this red bag with the CPS logo that says emergency go bag for drills. So that got fucked right away. But, uh, we were told that uh, the bags need to go right by the front door of our classroom. Which in my school means, oh, you want it to be stolen right away. Not because the kid wants the whistle or the, the class rosters in there, but because there's something I can fuck with. I'm a fuck with it. Uh, and so my, my counter to that email was, well, can we maybe put it just within reach and just kind of leave it to the professional teacher's discretion? Like, does it go by the desk or by the whiteboard or by the door itself? And apparently, 
it has to go by the door, and they're going to look for those red bags by the door, and we could get dinged for it. Hey, if there's a fire, it's my emergency. I can put the damn bag wherever the fuck I want. Why are you, why are you nitpicking? As long as we have it, that's fine if you want to look for the red bags in our hands or on our backs or whatever during the drill to make sure we're using them. But why are you micromanaging where we put a damn bag in our classroom? I'm not surprised by it, but what's going on? What are we doing here? It's supposed to be helpful, right? Not just an extra thing. And I asked for the thing. I'm not criticizing the bag. I know some teachers were very critical of it. I wanted something. I didn't, the bag was above and beyond my expectations, which is probably the first and only time I'll ever say that about CPS, going above and beyond any expectations of anyone. But uh, they had to fuck it up, <laughs> you know? Of course they did. So, you know, it shouts out to CPS for doing the bag. But take that shout right back because they somehow messed it up by doing too much, as my kids would say. So, um, I for sure, by the way, uh, I, was, I was fighting for my life uh, after I, I ate something. I think I had like McDonald's for the first time. Not sponsored, doesn't matter. Uh, fighting for my life because it didn't sit well. And it, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation when you feel sick and you write that emergency sub plan beforehand, just in case. And man, I wrote the whole thing on my phone. You ever use Google Docs on your phone to do something as, as well, for us it's simple, but something as important as a sub plan, you know? <laughs> Trying to like do the solid for a sub where everything's very, and I didn't use it. I didn't wind up taking the day. I wound up just going for it and suffering because I don't take days off during football season. Can't wait for that to be over. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was fighting for my life just going through that like food not sitting well feeling uh, on, on a porcelain throne, writing sub plans while my dog is looking at me confused, whining, wondering what the fuck's wrong with you. And it's, it's such a reminder. I have emergency sub plans, uh, like 911 plans as we call them for you know those moments. But sometimes it's nice to keep those for when you truly, like, you know, I wasn't doing anything but suffering. <laughs> I was just sitting there. Um, and sometimes you don't want to use those emergency subplans because you basically like pause whatever you're doing. I think on top of it, it's like they're doing they're doing a project right now for most of my classes, so it's just easy to do that. Um, so I I don't I don't know. Uh, shouts out to emergency subplans when you've got uh, when you're when you're really fighting for your life on the toilet. But uh, a while ago, I had that episode where my dad I called in or my, I called my dad and asked him about the story of how many swipes you use for deodorant. And he had no clue and he didn't remember the story of, he told me whatever age you are, that's how many swipes you do. And uh, so we, we posed this question on Instagram uh, not that long ago, maybe a week or two ago, where, where it was how many times do you swipe your armpits with your deodorant or antiperspirant or maybe it's a both, a combination of the two. And some of the responses that we got made me feel so much better. The fact that I don't know, I think I do about four or five. And uh, Miss M and the Monstars wrote, uh, am I supposed to count? <laughs> Just like a nervous laughing face. Uh, S. Tina Marie 18 wrote five. Uh, just Catalina underscore wrote one swipe in the morning, one during recess, and one during lunch break. That's fair. You're kind of spreading it out. Uh, sorry, uh, swiping it out. Spray, I don't know. Uh, Hlo 101 Oh, sorry. 162.17 wrote, uh, I use spray deodorant 10 seconds per pit every morning. I feel like a swipe is the equivalent, maybe like two, like one, one thousand. No, okay, that's about 10 swipes, if you ask me. 
One 1,000 would be, yeah, that's about a second on the swipe down. And it's swipe up and down, up and down. So yeah, you're looking at about 10 swipes there. Uh, Animal Beal wrote five to eight, which is quite a range. I'm not sure, you know, you probably just feel it out. Maybe this one pit's not feeling as good as the other. Uh, the Rev 33 writes three. It's fitting for the 33 part. Uh, just Yoli 04 wrote four to five in the morning and T underscore tester 1205 wrote like eight each. I'm insane. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Are they saying four to five? Is everyone saying it each arm? Or are they saying total? Because I'm talking both arm, both armpits, rather. Both pits, if you will. Uh, I'm doing both of them up to five times. Not because I'm doing it consciously, but it's such a, it's such a habit. I don't even think about it. And then next thing you know, I'm out of deodorant off of one morning. To which my dad's reply, by the way, was, oh, I think I put it on the podcast Instagram because it made me laugh out loud objectively because this is like the day after. So it's been a minute because that episode was not that long ago. But uh, this is after the episode where my dad did the, the call in. And so he, he texts me at, at like six in the morning going, going, by the time I finished getting ready for work this morning, I was all tuckered out from 64 strokes of deodorant under each arm. It's nice. So that was the, I think the, I think we use that as the podcast artwork for that, uh, or the episode artwork for that episode. Um, I don't remember what episode that was though. Let me find that. Can we, I can pull it up. I, you know what? Why don't I look it up? That was episode 269. So that was one, two, three, three-ish weeks ago, depending, three or four weeks. It depends. You know what? Whenever you listen to this episode, this is episode what? We're in episode 272. So go back to 260, 269. It's called Deodorant Swipes featuring Dad. I guess I could have put his first name, but you know what? He's always Dad to me, so it's all good. He's not your dad, he's my dad, so I can call him whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> uh, as long as it's respectful, right? Um, and, and last thing, this is, uh, we started with something that was, you know, deep and, and not very, you know, comedic, more heartwarming. Uh, and, and end on something that's a little bit in the same vein with, with uh, sports, but it's not about sports. Um, I have a, a player that there's actually a couple of photos that are uh, around the school and, and they were used as his, this particular student back when he graduated as his graduation cap photo with uh, he and I talking on the sideline and, and I've got my arm around him. And it's, uh, it's become a very popular photo, I guess, um, in my family as well. And that, that particular student, uh, he has not done the student series, but very sweet kid. Um, and, and he was shot and killed. Um, I, I know it's another dark, heavy thing. I apologize. But uh, I had his, his older brother in my like, first year of teaching. I had him in like, my third year of teaching or so. And last year I had, I, I had uh, the youngest brother of the, I think there's three or four, but this is the third for me. And uh, both of the 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 now uh, deceased uh, student athlete uh, played for me for about a year. Uh, good kid, I think I had him for I think half of a year in a class, and it was AP, and I don't think he wanted to finish it. But I had his younger brother, and we have him now in football, and it's been a really nice kind of circle the wagons moment. Uh, just heartbreaking, really sad story. Uh, sounds like it was more of a wrong place, wrong time, uh, or maybe some old old beef on the street, which is very sad. But uh, what's what's at least cool about it is that the the younger brother of of this particular uh, former student of mine 
uh, is still showing up relatively consistently. And our game that I talked about at the top of the episode uh, is the only reason that I wasn't able to go to the funeral. Um, scheduling conflict, uh, which was pretty sad. So um, afterward, we, we decided a while ago that we wanted to do something where the team was signing something in honor of you know his, his brother. And uh, it, it was going to be a football. But we, we changed our, our thought process because we're a little low on footballs, to be honest. But we have a bunch of older helmet shells, football helmets that are decommissioned. And so often we just rip out the padding so that no one's going to use them for anything. And we just kind of have them in case, you know, whatever, ceremonial helmets. And uh, it really kind of solidified, sold the, the, the deal, closed the deal rather, that we should sign a helmet instead of uh, a football because I looked over and we only have uh, so many different variations of helmets but every so often you get some very specific looking helmets based on like the helmet shape and size and the brand and the face mask which is the main way to uh, distinguish aside from sizing and uh, so Justin who's been on the podcast like long in the past uh, I look over and I go oh Justin it should be a helmet now uh, trust me on this. And he goes, why? What's up? And I go, look at that uh, helmet over there that's now a shell. We should sign that one. And I point out to him that it's the exact same helmet. Again, now it's decommissioned because it's a little bit older, but it was the exact same helmet of uh, this former student athlete who was who was killed. So quite literally, the helmet that we will be signing and giving to uh, this current student athlete of ours is his brother's old helmet, which I thought something as innocuous as a, is that the right word? Uh, something as seemingly meaningless as, as a helmet, but it, it has a connection. And I think that uh, that was, yeah, I, I wish it was under much, much different circumstances, but at least there's that little bit of uh, a nice little full circle layer. Um, but, you know, it, my thoughts are definitely with that family. Uh, they for sure have <clears throat> gone through a lot. And uh, yeah, shout out to, uh, to Marquise and rest in peace. Uh, truly, I, I say this, unfortunately, more often than uh, I would like. Um, but uh, when, when a student, when something like this happens, uh, well, one, it truly is an uh, an honor and a privilege to have have been their teacher or have been their teacher and coach or or any combination of those but um the, it's the reason why when it's a weekend or even uh a week night and I close class I always have some sort of component of saying stay safe and I hope to see you on Monday so keep your students close um families close Self-care is, of course, important. Anytime news like that comes down, your thoughts go to the family and any students that you may have who are related. Uh, but of course, it's hard not to uh, to feel that weight yourself. So I hope uh, if anyone has gone through that as well, you are taking care of yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup. And that's not meant to be something related to you know a podcast about teachers drinking beer. So uh, I know a bit of a... a heavier opening and closing one heartwarming and one uh, obviously sad but um at least a little bit you know poetic um 
But yeah, that's that's the episode for this week. Um, by the time I'm I'm by the time I will be recording the next episode, I will be essentially retired as a football coach, which is kind of uh, weird to think about. I will have so much more time uh, for wedding planning. So we're looking up to that. So there's a more positive light. Um, we've got photographer booked and the venue is booked and honeymoon is booked and uh, suit is measured and ordered and customized and all that. So we will, we will see that soon. Uh, so that's, that's good news as well. Definitely good news as well. So uh, thank you guys though for listening. If you want to support the show or get any extra Classroom Brew content, you can go to patreon.com slash classroombrew. There's like a $2, a $4 and a 6 or $7 tier and it gets you different levels of different stuff. So right now I'm using one of those Classroom Brew koozies and a, a coaster as well for overkill. Uh, I am not wearing a Classroom Brew t-shirt, so that's good. Uh, but I did take a shot out of a Classroom Brew shot glass before I did this episode. <laughs> so uh, take that as you will. It, it is what it is. So uh, shouts out to you guys for supporting the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to be on, you can email me, classroombrew at gmail.com or at Classroom Brew on social media. And until next week, class dismissed. This is Classroom Brew.